It's time to send the little ones to dreamland and to set your dials to spooky. Bolt the doors, lock your windows, and steal yourself for this evening's final feature, the Equalizers. Who cares what what evil... Oh, I didn't put evil into the sentence. Well, fucked it up. Oh, well. I mean, I can show from memory. Who cares what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Unless evil's carrying the martini tray, darling. Clink. Meet Frank and Sadie Doyle, toast of the upper crust, headliners on the society pages, and oh yes, they see ghosts. For listeners who are not familiar with that show, that is stolen from the Thrilling Adventure Hour. I don't know what you'd call their sub, their sub shows, but like, I guess show. Beyond Belief. Thrilling Adventure Hour is a new time podcast in the style of old time radio, and it is honestly the thing that got me interested in podcasts. Legitimately, that show. It's a good one. I, I, I'm definitely not caught up. It's still on, right? Or they, do they? Still uh, no, it's know? over. But I, I think over. it's all. They might still all be out there. They, they put some behind a paywall at one point more recently. But hmm. if you're a fan of Paul F. Tompkins or Paget Brewster or uh, Mark Evan Jackson, yeah. uh, most people might know him as Sean on The Good Place. He's in The Throwing Adventure Hour. Sean on The Good Place. The um, all-knowing judge who sits on high from season one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who cocoons people. Correct. That's yeah. Sean. Awesome. Everybody go watch The Good Place. It's a very good show. Well, that aside, two minutes into the episode, uh, yeah. welcome back from hey. hiatus to The hey, Equalizers. Here, I'll, I'll segue it. You know what's also a really good show? Welcome back from hiatus to The Equalizers. <laughs> a bi-weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. We're really coming in, we're, we're and really coming in hot. Sorry. And I am joined as always. <laughs> we're a little rusty this we're we're, we're back to our hook two levels of professional we're just real rusty on this one, gang. It's great. I'm joined as always by the sequel to my prequel, Pile of Chickpeas, called Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Um, I've actually evolved from being chickpeas and now oh, yeah? I am just a sweet, sweet, sweet olive hummus. Oh. And when I said I evolved, someone just squished me a bunch. <laughs> And then added some olives, just sprinkled some olives on sure. top of me. Just run down the list of ingredients on the side of the packaging of your hummus. Um, chickpeas, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, olives. Three, garlic powder. Four, your mom. <laughs> Great. My mom doesn't listen to this podcast, so. Okay. Well, Sick burn. She's the fifth ingredient in hummus, just, just so, so you know. All right, cool. Uh, my sister does, and she'll find you and fight you for my mom's honor, probably. Cool. I don't know if my sister's ever seen District 9, so she may not ever listen to this episode. <laughs> so last episode we recorded, we asked Cecilia to bring in a movie to challenge us, as guests typically do, and then we totally forgot to have her challenge us. And so later uh, I emailed her, and she informed us that the challenge for this week was District 9. So... Boy. What is your memory of this movie? Like did did you see it in theaters? I did not. I believe I was in high school when this came yeah. out. And I at that time I had a pretty standard uh schedule or schedule. I, a pretty standard like Friday evening for me would just be like I'd go out and I'd read a, a couple movies and chill out and watch them. And I watched this one and just could not stand it <laughs> for prepping for daddy's tomatoes for this week a lot of people were talking about how it's like a masterpiece and it's so good and it's just a mess yeah it's kind of i would say by the books kind of like 
At least, like... I'd go so far as to say lazy. Maybe predictable. Like, nothing surprised me in it whatsoever. I remember the first time I saw it, I was so mad at Vikas, I guess is the actual pronunciation of his name. It's spelled with a W, but being oh, yeah. in Johannesburg, South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pronounced Vikas, apparently. And I remember just being so angry that, like, how many times he flip-flopped on... It'd be like, okay, this time, now I under- I see the error of my ways, and I'm going to help the aliens. And then it's like, oh, no, never, no, I'm not. I'm going to save myself. No, i got to stand up and help the aliens. Oh, no, never mind. I'm going to do this other thing. He's and- kind of a shitbird. Like, oh, yeah, he's he, 100% a shitbird. From beginning to end, like, he's not a very good, like, hero. I would say maybe Christopher Johnson is, like, the real hero of the story. But Christopher Johnson's supposed to be the hero of the story. And then this, they like wedge this other guy in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like, oh, I'm going to be the protagonist here. I don't know. I, I just, I didn't care for it, but I am a professional. And so we're going to cover District 9 this week. I watched it again, hated it just as much, if not more. <laughs> and on we move. Do you have any other thoughts on District 9? No, I just remember, because uh, I did see it in theaters, because mm-hmm. my friends. And I were pretty excited for it because we got really into like the viral marketing of it. I remember mm-hmm. they like dropped like various sort of this is before the world of hashtags, but like sure. sort of weird viral videos and they would update like the website with like new clues or something, like new content. So we were pretty pumped by the time the t- that the actual movie came out. Um and I would say I was probably in the camp of like this movie was amazing, but I was also in high school. So yeah, we pretty much discount any opinions we have of movies that we thought were awesome in high school. Yeah. Hey, fun fact, guys. I hate the Dark Knight. <laughs> oh man! All right, fair enough. I I think and I'm fine with all the fights that I just created. Go back and watch it, guys. It's not that great. Um, fun story. Actually, not that fun of a story. Oh. Okay. Um, because hey, no bummers, man. Yeah, and um, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, Heath Ledger died before that movie came out, right? And I believe he was, so. He was already dead, because I remember this very vividly, because I went to the opening night premiere of The Dark Knight, and someone had called in a bomb threat on the theater, because they couldn't get a ticket, Good. which is really great, really solid person, really great fucking thing to do, asshole. Uh, so they had to evacuate the theater, of course, and the news was there, like, outside as we were walking to the Uh car, they were already there, and they were interviewing a guy who, (laughs) they chose a good one, because he was like, oh man, it was crazy, it's gotta be the ghost of Heath Ledger, man, it's gotta be the ghost of Heath Ledger, oh, you gotta see my Joker tattoo, and then he was like, he turned around and, like, pointed to his chin, and there was a (laughs) there was a Joker tattoo on there, super funny good, I'm like primo content on that nine o'clock news that night yeah and in this podcast uh yeah. <laughs> ostensibly that's about comedy <laughs> that that may end up being a deleted scene maybe so uh speaking of comedy and i think that we can't really avoid Speak avoid it, it much longer so before we launch into the synopsis i do have one or two reviews from the website rotten tomatoes that's right kids daddy's back and he's brought his tomatoes get ready to get squished I like how you keep trying to insert some kind of remix <laughs> opening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Our first one comes from Christopher T, who gave this 
a half a star review. And I'm going to read this with the punctuation that they put in, or didn't. And then we can break it down if you want. This movie sucks. Redbox keeps spit it back out at me. Redbox didn't want to take it back. (laughs) To put it in for people who maybe didn't catch that, this movie sucks. Redbox keeps spit it back out at me. Redbox didn't want to take it back. I got a question. Um, Yeah. Why Redbox spit it back? That's a good question. Redbox, why you spit it back? Why you spit it back? Did it not taste good, Redbox? (laughs) Frequels, uh, go ahead and tweet at Redbox. With hashtag Wyatt spit it back, <laughs> <laughs> and tag us in the in the tweet, and then uh, do a follow up reply tweet. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> tweet at Redbox and use the hashtag Wyatt spit it back. Make sure you tag us and also tag District Nine. Yes, or Neil Neil Blomkin, and tag Neil Blomkin as well. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, now that we've done our good good civic duty to yeah. ask to get Redbox to give us the answers that we deserve, yeah. Uh, Brian D gave this one star. Managed to suffer the first hour, and it did pick up from goddamn awful to just not very good. <laughs> so, in the as the like the meter, the little uh, ticker raised from goddamn awful to just not very good. I did find, and I didn't include it in here, but I did find one for our serial killer wall. Of like that they didn't like the movie until they started blowing people up with alien weapons. Wow, cool. All right, last one. This one's from Arslan K. A R S L A N K, who gave it five stars. <clears throat> Fuck you, Ryan. Fake science is the reason I don't like it since I have a degree in science. Who's Ryan? Maybe he works at Redbox. Maybe he works at Redbox. Ryan at Redbox? You think it's Ryan Gosling? Do you think that the poster thinks the guy who played Vitkus is actually ryan gosling and he just doesn't know who actors are i mean it's entirely possible maybe they have actor blindness where they're just like that's the actor that's the all the act all actors look the same what if all the prawns were at ryan gosling instead oh man prawn gosling no no (laughs) i'd like to start my four-part apology to my family uh first of all for the shame i brought upon you that would actually be a little more compelling, right? Like, what if all the aliens in District 9 were just, all looked like the same guy, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of like Anomalisa meets yeah. District 9. Yeah. So, uh, do you think we should move on to the synopsis? I mean, here's the, here's the thing, gang. If you don't know what District 9 is, like, if you're listening to this and you don't know what District 9 is, just Google, like, a synopsis, because it's going to take us longer than it's worth to do it. Basically, it's a it's a movie in which a giant alien mothership basically plants itself above the city of Johannesburg, and inside of it they find these aliens that they call prawns because they kind of resemble prawns in a way. They basically they started them out in a like first aid like tent city that then becomes a slum that then becomes like a military a, a militarized guarded slum. Uh, it, it's a very very thinly veiled, like apartheid segregation narrative. Uh, yeah. The main character, Vikas, works for the company that basically runs the slum, and they're trying to evict all of the prawns to move them to a different facility outside the city. And he gets sprayed in the face with this chemical and slowly turns into a prawn and then realizes, uh-oh, s- segregation's bad, it turns out. But only after he 
is getting like shit canned by the government and they want to like tested medically yeah they, they want to like take out his organs now that he has become a chimera basically mm-hmm. and they're going to kill him and then only then does he like kind of become friends with one of the aliens named christopher johnson and also he only becomes friends with that alien or with christopher johnson because christopher johnson says that he can fix vicus and put him back as like a regular human they have thrills and chills and gunfights and exploding bodies and eventually vicus uh sacrifices himself so that christopher and christopher's son can make it to the mothership and get away to get help from their home planet and we end the movie with vicus uh it being Heavily implied, basically, it, without them saying that he is now fully a prawn, he is now fully a prawn. Yeah, because whatever he got sprayed with was changing his genetics, like like changing his genes to transform him into one of the aliens. We kind of glossed over a lot of the like more detailed aspects. That's really all you need to know to f- understand our pitch. Probably. Oh, we don't know what it is. This is a rough episode, but I don't think we're going to go much deeper than that. And if you want to go deeper than that, I'd say just look it up and read it because... Or watch the movie, right? Or or just look it up and read it because <laughs> you don't... <laughs> Save yourself like an hour and 45 minutes and just read the Wikipedia page. Something that I... Um, and this might be like lore like, or like, like folktale or something of the District 9 world but i heard that this movie got made uh because a movie adaptation of the halo series uh didn't get made Hmm. there's a lot of like of the government like vehicles in this that look a lot like halo vehicles apparently so i think that's where like that folklore or that like uh that rumor has happened like happened it's a very different story obviously (laughs) than what like a halo movie would have been but um if anyone has any more to say or speak to on that feel free to tweet at redbox uh, yeah tweet at redbox or yell at us on twitter all right so madison you and i talked very briefly over text before about what if we had any nuggets of wisdom or the sprout of an idea and we both both basically concluded all that we had in mind was that probably christopher johnson returns what if we don't do that. What? Okay. See, like, what if Christopher Johnson never returns, and it's just Wickis as uh, the alien? Yeah, that I did cross my mind. I'm like, he never comes back. So then, what? The idea that occurred to me this afternoon when I was thinking about this, I I didn't realize. I thought they called him um, Robinson, like Christopher Robinson, which I, I think you're right. You said Johnson, and, I, and that is correct. And I, but, but like, I was thinking Robinson earlier, which yeah. And, of course, and the first thing I thought was, like, Christopher Robbins. Yeah. But then I was like, no, that's too much of a stretch with Robinson. Robinson Crusoe isn't, though, necessarily. <laughs> Christopher Robinson Crusoe, where they crash the mothership on, like, an abandoned planet. And he and it's like, uh, what's the Will Smith one where he and Jaden Smith, like... Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, After Earth, I think. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah, like, Christopher... a future <laughs> Christopher Robinson Crusoe? Yeah, and then he um and he goes and sells like medical machines door to door. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then the zombie invasion happens. Um yeah. boy, we just we just made the greatest <laughs> movie uh greatest Will Smith movie ever heard of. Yeah. So like what if it could be Hitch. like a little lost in space? <laughs> I robot. 
<laughs> I hitch. I hitch. Um, Can we just do that movie instead? <laughs> I hitch. Um, <laughs> what if... Um, I think we could go with the After Earth thing, even though that's a very bad movie. Have you seen that movie? No, but I just meant it, it would be similar in an idea of like father and son living off the land. Yeah. Uh, probably building wondrous tree houses and cool machines. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like what if they crash land on like the moon? Like what if they don't, what if they don't even get that far away from earth? They like crash land immediately on the moon. Yeah. Because it's like a pretty beat up adult male. And then his like 10 year old son. Sure. Like uh, adolescent at least son trying to fly this like enormous mothership that there's no way the two of them could do that that could work so what if they don't make it that far like what if they only make it to because they don't know where they came from right they don't even know how far like what planet they're from i I got the impression that christopher robinson did or johnson i keep saying robinson christopher johnson did yeah well they they know where they came from but like it wasn't stated oh oh yeah we don't know yeah like it's not mars or anything like that it's like a planet far away I think we pick, we make up a planet that has like flora and fauna though. So then that they can do like fun jungle adventures or it could be like ice or something. But I think we mm-hmm. need like Mars, basically just deserts. And there's not as much interesting like con- building contraptions and stuff like that that can be done with just sand. Okay. What's the like end goal? Like, is it that the son and father eventually like. Maybe the son is like, we need to like leave and go back home so we can help Wickus, right? I think they care more about their people than Vicus. Yeah, so do I. But yeah. Maybe Christopher Johnson's like, we can make a whole new world here if we wanted to. Not really, though, because there really aren't other people to. Like, no, it's just him and his son. <laughs> yeah. It's seemingly like a world that life would be abundant, but they are the only ones there for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So they crash the mothership, and I think maybe like. They turn on like a distress beacon or something. So then it's like we just have to survive long enough for somebody to find us. Okay. So what what kind of threats are there? I guess is there like um is there like a big bad on this planet? It can be like an apex predator that's out to get them, or it could be another strand like another castaway who lives there or something. I think maybe what if there are people there they just can't see them or something? Like what if they live underground? Uh, Ooh, mole people yeah like mole men second second appearance of mole men they want to build a beacon of some sort so they can find it okay. until then they're just waiting for someone to respond what if they crash land and they set off the beacon christopher is like oh i think the computer like these calculations we it seems like we're close enough we can send out like a distress signal and they'll get it back home and so they do, but then that night, the mole people basically take the ship, like they dig out from under it, so the ship's going to sink into the earth, and Christopher and his son escape the ship and keep, like, manage to keep the beacon with them. So now they have to, like, build tree houses, and so, like, they don't just have this giant, very secure mothership anymore. What if the mole men are, like, the dominant race on this mm-hmm. planet, and they flee to, like, the jungle where, like, the mole men don't really, like go and in that area they find other like people or like other creatures that are trying to like hide from the mole men like there could be like a bird person sure but like they're these are like 
species that are the last of their kind. Like okay. almost like very few. This is the only safe area from the Molmen because maybe it's upon like a like tower of like indestructible obsidian or something. I don't sure. fucking know. No, I like that. That's pretty cool. Like a big yeah. like obsidian cliff. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. I like that a lot, actually. It's a zoological fact that mole men cannot dig through obsidian. Yeah, right? I mean, I learned that in high school. You had a weird fucking high school. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, you guys didn't have a, a zoology curriculum? Or- the, oh, yeah. I didn't take anth- amphipomorphism 2. Mm-hmm. I only took amphipomorphism 1. Gotcha, yeah. 2 is where we get into mole men, centaurs. Centipede uh, dogs, beetleborgs, <laughs> beetleborgs. Uh. All right, so they're they're <laughs> they're on this cliff, and it's like a small camp, I guess, of last survivors and shipwreck people. Uh, the family from Netflix's Lost in Space is there. Matt Matt LeBlanc is totally there. Different Lost in Space. That, that's the movie. I guess we are obliged to do movies. If it's a movie. So yeah, Matt LeBlanc from the Lost in Space movie is there. So is Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls. Uh, Lacey Chalbert. Oh, yeah. Lacey Chalbert's there because she's the daughter in Lost in Space. Oh, okay. So Lacey Chalbert and Matt LeBlanc are just there. But it's Lacey Chalbert as Gretchen Wieners. No. (laughs) You can't can't have her be on the planet because she is a daughter of Lost in Space, but not as that character. As the character from Mean Girls. I, I'm all for flights of fancy, but I have to put my foot down sometime. God, I forgot her name was Gretchen Wieners. Are Matt LeBlanc and Lisa Chabot actually in this? I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think it'd be funny. Okay, sure. Maybe they're there, but they're not actually their characters' names. Yeah, <laughs> that's knows? fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. They're father and daughter. I think that the age difference works. Um, so there's some humans here. That's a good point. From, like, secret government testing. Like I don't know rockets. when Lost in Space was, but I think it's like a future show, and District 9 takes place in the 80s. Right. No, I, I just meant like, if they're humans and they're there, mm-hmm. then it's like some kind of secret government rocket. It doesn't yeah. matter. They can just sure. be there. They can just be there. You know what? When, when Christopher Johnson asked them how humans are this far out in the universe, he can just say, it's classified. Yeah, there's actually, uh, they start talking, and then like a a plane propeller starts going off as they're talking, and then like it stops as soon as they're done talking. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So if they're here on this city, what's the maybe the beacon? Maybe like everybody wants the beacon to like reprogram it to send a distress signal to their home. Yeah, maybe. And so then it um, can be like a trust no one, but we can't like we have to stay here together because if we yeah. go anywhere else the, other than this obsidian cliff, the moment will get us. Once they see the beacon, like all the others, what are some other like species that could be here? So I said bird person. Sure. Uh, there's a race that looks like babies, but they're made of rocks. Okay. Like it, they look like statues of babies. Okay. There are robots. Okay. Cop out. There are. <laughs> what if there? Okay. My real one is a sort of like cloud people. Like or oh, like, like a smoke, gaseous. Like a like a gaseous smoke clouds. Maybe there's like three of them and they're different colors representing like their different like major elements or something. Sure. And last but not least, there is a... Mike is looking around the room. Why you gotta gotta call me out like that? Why you gotta blow up my spot? I thought you were cool, Madison. 
We're trying to give the listeners the visceral experience that is our show. There is a uh, fish with legs covered in feathers. Now that I created these gas people, I want to like add to their lore. Uh-huh. So I want to say they actually can combine into like a single person, but they can also like separate from each other. And each one is maybe a different facet of a personality. So maybe one is a little angrier, one is a little like happier, one sure. is a little sad. But then they sometimes form into like their like self. So inside out, but as farts. Yeah, but I think when they they think about stuff and they debate, they debate back and forth. They like separate so they can like mm. group their thoughts into little clouds. Sure. Yeah, so uh, this is already a much more delightful film than District Nine. <laughs> but we're back to then what's like because yeah. as it is now, it's just like oh yeah, we'll just chill with these cool people. And I, I know we have like that everybody wants that beacon. Mm-hmm. So like, how do Christopher and his son keep it, or? What are, like, the strategies that other people employ to get it? I think Christopher, at first, like, when he sees all these other people, all these, like, lone survivors, Mm -hmm. he wants to hide it and stuff from them. Mm. But then they see it, and then they know what it is, because it's, like, uh, maybe the sun gives it away. It's, like, the sun's, like, it's a beacon. Oh, yeah, I'm Uh, also cool with, like, a universal understanding that, like, that's what beacons look like or something. Sure. Sure. And when they find out, they're, like, a beacon this is perfect like we can all go home christopher's like no i gotta go we're going to our home we're trying to find our people right yeah i like that they're like oh cool we can like i I, what if like they want to take turns like we'll send out a pulse for stone baby world for like two hours and then a a pulse for fish feathers for two hours or whatever and but doing that lessens the chance yeah or like like drains the battery more or something well it it also just lessens the chance of christopher's people like exactly that's what i mean is because that it makes christopher's the chance of christopher and his son being picked up and thus saving their people from basically enslavement like less and so he's like no like we need this more you can come with us and then probably get home from there somehow but that's Mm -hmm. not really my problem right now if there's room on the ship, that's yeah. what he says. Or we'll send people back for you, or something like that. He just keeps making that promise. He keeps doubling down on that promise. Yeah, which uh, I like. But, actually, that kind of gives that like almost like a character beat of like he just keeps keeps promising we'll we'll come back for you, or we'll send people back for you. Yeah, he's always hoping for the best, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he does say that to them, and that makes the son kind of look at him. He's like, "That's exactly what you promised, Wickus. Do you actually mean that?" Right, he like kind of shows that like that may be something he just says, but where he's really actually just trying to look out for him and himself and his son. So obviously, then at some point, the other species basically gang up and take it and do their two-hour plan. I think so. Like, I I like this idea that there's a weirdness about this planet because all these different like species crash landed there for some reason. Right. So maybe the mole men have like some sort of like tractor beam or something that like pulls in ships to like the ground. Yeah. There's like a radiation belt around the planet. Yeah. And it's so powerful that it just like pulls ships to the ground so they can harvest like the like metal and shit off mm-hmm. of it. And they're building their own machines down. Sure. On, like below the ground. Yeah. I think that it's they're like very like um, the Morlocks from the time machine. I like the idea visually of that they're just building machines to run their city, not necessarily like spaceships. Like they're just no. a highly industrious, deep dug people. Dig dug people? Yeah. 
but they get all of their uh, tech from ships that crash. Yeah, it's fun. So a lot of world building. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going, but I I do think that they at some point the others have to like one night Chris wakes up and like he's being held down while Mal mm-hmm. LeBlanc goes through his stuff and finds the beacon. And yeah. he's now basically held hostage, like in his house. Like, hmm, wh- where have we seen that before in this franchise? And yeah. they're like running the beacon on their plan. And I think that, like, to give them some like sympathetic quality, I guess, because they're like, you know, they're desperate as well. And to some extent, like, yeah. Chris is like, no, I'm sorry. Like, fuck you. I'm doing this my way. They do give Chris and his son, like, like a two hour shift. They put them in the rotation for the beacon. I think maybe initially, I think it can lead to there, but like, what if they do this thing, they hold him down, they like mm-hmm. put the son in like a cage or something, <laughs> like they yeah. like do something and they're like, I'm sorry, but we, we need to be safe too. This can't just be for you. Right. Uh, we're not losing this opportunity. And so they like have him tied up or something. And Chris, maybe he tries to fight back and he grabs the beacon and like runs with it and they're like chasing him, but somehow they in the middle of this, the mole people attack. Mm. And to survive whatever attack it is or something, they all, it leads to like maybe Christopher saving them or something Mm. or like them having to work together somehow to like save them. And then they create that bond then. And then that's when they start doing like the two hour shifts after that. They like survive the attack. I I feel like they would need some kind of either, it could be Chris saves them. I feel like maybe Chris still needs a reason to give up the monopoly on it Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just, they're going to take, go back and he's going to get tied up again. So like maybe it's revealed that like some of them have very similar backstories. Yeah. Maybe, uh, the bird persons like actually the last of their kind and it was destroyed by, Oh, like a war like race. Maybe the stone baby is like a native of this planet. They mm-hmm. they lived their race lived with the mole men, and then the mole men like overran them basically and harvested them. Yeah, because I just feel like Chris needs a a reason to care. Like obviously, care he cares about them, but his people are being like enslaved, and they're you know being experimented on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this takes precedence over a few marooned people, and I feel like Chris needs to see they also have some, like, needs to see a kinship in them other than just, like, I saved their lives or they saved my life. So maybe that comes out somehow. What what if, like, when the mole men attack, they take some of them hostage and they're all tied up or something? Or are, do you think the mole men are, like, hyper-intelligent, or do you think they're, like, scavengers? I think they're more scavengers. Do they talk like the others do, or are they like... No, I mean, yes, but not necessarily like human, or not like English, or whatever. Not the Queen's English. Yeah. They speak in emojis. Yeah. Yeah. But they can, maybe they realize, like, preciousness of stuff, and that's why they're attacking them or something. Sure. Uh, Especially, like, the bird person, if they're, like, the actual last of the kind, Mm -hmm. that's, like, a precious thing. Mm, So, like, the collector from Marvel. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Like, the collector. And maybe they enslave people themselves. Like they're not like just sure building stuff there. There's also an easy solution at some point of like the classic passing a picture of family around the campfire 
sure. then telling the story of like, yeah, they were, you know, we were overrun and I, they, I lost them, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Chris finds a kinship with the, a, a reason of like, we're all kind of similar. Um, like he can't justify the other races suffering the way his are just to save his people is a more eloquent way of putting it. I think that's good. But then a problem arises. Oh, yeah, right? of course. Uh, of course. They split in the time, but maybe one of the people, maybe the, one of the gas clouds or something, like, realized that the signal is shooting out there, but it's not getting through. Yeah, the, the radiation. The radiation thing is, like, fucking up everything. So they have to go into the tunnels mm-hmm. to salvage a ship to fly yeah. out past the radiation. Like, or put the beacon on it and somehow shoot it out past the radiation. Yeah. And maybe it's a suicide mission, and we can send dashing Matt LeBlanc out on the suicide mission. to Because I I just imagine his character is this very, like, kind of dashing Air Force pilot, hotshot. Like, he's just, like, he's the grizzled pilot who can fly anything. But maybe he was like that, and now he's a little more, like, desperate, right? Like, like, I think he's... Yeah, because his daughter's trapped here. Yeah. With him yeah. on the the second appearance of Lacey Ch- Chabert, 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 Cabere, Cabert, Cadbury Egg, Lacey Cadbury Egg. So I think they have to, they, they have to scavenge a ship and send it out there with the beacon. And I think they have to decide who, like, they have to send it to one planet now. Yeah. And maybe they decide on Chris's because it's closer. Like, it's the closest one. Yeah. Uh, and so Matt LeBlanc shoots oh matt leblanc shoots off into the sky but in doing so somehow compromises the like structural integrity of the cliff so now their like safe zone is basically crumbling they basically need to get it throughout like through the radiation so Mm -hmm. what if they're not trying to get like a ship necessarily but a rocket or like some sort of like booster engine where they can actually break the atmosphere Right. Right. My my thinking was that somebody would have to try to pilot it through the radiation belt because if it's a belt that like disables the ship and or pulls it back towards the planet, somebody has to be on board to combat that. And then there's also a good character moment of sacrifice. Yeah. On top of I that, think, I think there I think there has to be a lot of sacrifice because so we got to think about like what we established with the radiation too, though. Sure. Its whole thing is that it's pulling ships back down to the planet right right so anything that they're gonna shoot up there might just get pulled back down right so what if part of their plan is that we need to shut off the radiation for like a day or something oh see i was thinking it's like a natural radiation around the planet oh i thought it was i thought it was something that that was like the mole men were doing to like no i was thinking it's like a natural radiation around the planet that maybe it just like fries like the tech on a ship and then because it can't steer it gets pulled into the planet and that would be another reason they need a person on board because they'd have to shield the beacon from the radiation and then somebody would have to take the shielding off once they're past the radiation okay so i don't and i don't know we can do like an unmanned rocket that's fine too like i'm i just think that that's a good place to have a character sacrifice yeah i think i think that's a good thing i like the idea of maybe like lacy chalber and the Son, I don't know if the, the son never had a name. I don't think right? they, he was ever given a name. So yeah, so Dave I think Franco. I, yeah, Dave Franco Johnson. Yeah, that's actually my poor name. Dave Franco Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, 
I talk in a very phony French accent. It's funny because my my poor name is Steve Carell Johnson. <laughs> uh, I was gonna go with John Krasinski Johnson, but John Krasinski. that's a good one actually. <laughs> um. <laughs> my alternate poor name is Ted Danson Johnson. God. My best known movie video is The Good Plates. I'm just thinking of other office characters to do. <laughs> My name is Creed Johnson. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I think Sam like, Malone Bone. God damn it, Norm Johnson. <laughs> Norm. Cl- Fuck. Cliff the Mailman Johnson. <laughs> F- Fraser Crane Johnson. Plenty of porn with mailmen in it, right? I wouldn't know. I don't watch porn. I read the Bible. Sure you do. <laughs> That was very. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's, let's please move on. Yeah. We've thrown all the spaghetti we have on this one. I like the idea of Lucy Chalbert's character and the son, mm-hmm. like, being good friends. And after the father has, like, sacrificed their, like, very buddy buddy. Sure. Because I think maybe it's not Lucy Chalbert as an adult. It is Lucy Chalbert as maybe a teenager still. Maybe. If we're thinking of Lost in Space, Lacey Chalbert. Sure. I didn't mean them specifically at the age they were in Lost in Space. Oh, okay. I meant more just like, we, we get those two because of that space connection, like those two actors. Got it. Because I'm okay. thinking like modern day Matt LeBlanc with like white hair okay. and all that. Like I So yeah, I think that he's like an older man. Okay. Then Lacey Chalbert has to be an adult then. As much as I hated Christian Mingo, I do like her. She's a har- hallmark da- darling now. She was also Gwen Stacy in the Spectacular Spider-Man, which was a good cartoon adaptation of Spider-Man from, okay. uh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. I like the idea that them being buddy-buddy mm-hmm. after like the father dies. Um, oh, or after maybe throughout, Matt maybe LeBlanc throughout it, or yeah. Christopher Johnson. After Matt LeBlanc okay, dies. Yeah. I, think, I think maybe Lacey Chalbert, like, she kind of like takes care of the son a little bit more like sort of like a more parental figure than christopher Mm -hmm. actually is yeah he's oh we can do a good parallel there with him and uh matt leblanc's character Mm -hmm. of matt leblanc is like my daughter and i have been trapped here for basically most of her life like we she was like a teenager when we crash landed here and now she's an adult and like i am desperate to get at least her off this planet i will do whatever it takes and then we can kind of like mirror that with Chris mm-hmm. Christopher's mission of like my people have been in like in these shit conditions for like 20 years this is the chance to get them out of here I'll do whatever it takes yeah and I think that maybe um Lacey and the son who I'm just gonna say let's just for now call him like Samuel Jacob Jacob sounds like a better I guess Jacob Johnson uh, Jacob Marley <laughs> Jacob Marley Johnson um <laughs> Jacob. or like I don't know like yeah Jacob whatever just so he has sure. a name so we don't have to keep calling him the son I think Lacey and Jacob are like kind of pals anyway. So maybe yeah. when like the others hold down Christopher and take the beacon, she's like against this plan and mm-hmm. it's kind of like comforting Jacob. And so then, but then when her dad dies, like that bond helps her kind of get through it yeah. and it maybe strengthens. So they have that infiltration mission. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. They go to the mole man. Please, sir. Like, can we have some ship? Yeah. I think they sneak in, they get the rocket from something. Um, I think one of them, maybe someone else dies too. Like, yeah. What if one of the, the smoke monsters, okay. or not, not, not monsters, right. the, the, the gaseous beans, mm-hmm. like they separate to like 
get away like faster. Maybe they move faster as separated. Oh, sure. And then one of them gets like sucked up or something. That can be a distraction as well because there can be yeah. like three or four of them. What if one of them is like electrons and they like fucking cause like this like electronic explosion or something? Sure, I'm down with and that. And then they like they like sacrifice themselves. So now these gaseous beings, there's like kind of a piece of them missing. Sure. Um, Let's tie back in the jump ship or the command ship, whatever, from the first movie that they launched up into the mothership. Like maybe yeah. that's what they're after. Yeah. There's yeah. just enough power left in that, and if the moment haven't gotten to it yet, or like they sealed it well enough that there's no way the moment could have gotten into it yet. Well, and the thing is big enough that it's going to take them a while to like scavenge, right? Like mm-hmm. at this point, it's only been like maybe a few days or a week. Like there's no way that they've like gotten everything from that ship yet. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking like, yeah, maybe this, t- I thought this maybe takes like a few, like a month, month or months. Yeah. But still, yeah. yeah, the point stands that like, it's just, there's, if they can get to that ship, then it's really likely the moment have not gotten to it yet and it has just enough function that they could use it for this mission yeah so we lose one of the clouds they get the ship matt leblanc launches it into space to fire the beacon to christopher's planet but in doing so the obsidian cliff is like compromised and starts to crumble and fall so their unbreakable security blanket is now gone like they don't have a perfectly safe refuge anymore yeah so what next Well, now they have to find, like, they're basically got to buy time now, right? The thing is, like, they don't even know if the beacon's going to do it. Like, it is like a once in, it's it's a very unlikely shot, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, actually, hold on. What if, this, this could be maybe near to the end of the movie, what if they somehow see, or they can tell that a ship is flying by overhead? And so they're launching Matt LeBlanc, I almost said Matt Smith, who played Doctor Who. They fire Matt LeBlanc out to be like, we are here, come and save us, please, now. So they just have to last, like, an hour, two? What if... I have a slightly... Yeah, go ahead. ...different... Um, so we talked about, like, it. the blast off of the rocket caused, like, the cliff to fall. What if it didn't cause it to fall, necessarily? Mm-hmm. But it did cause, like, an earthquake, and it cracks the obsidian towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. And... Now the mole man can like mm. actually chip away at it gotcha. at it now that it's broken. I like that. So it did, maybe doesn't happen right away, but they're like still waiting. Like after like a while, they they don't feel like the mole man chipping away at it mm-hmm. necessarily like right away. But we see scenes that they're like working at it, and now since he's launched up there, done the beacon, it's a few days, and they actually see like a ship in the distance like coming towards mm-hmm. them. But at the same time, they feel like the earth like crumble around them mm-hmm. uh, because the mole men have like got into the cliff more. Sure. I like that. So the ship above, and, and I think maybe, I guess, is Matt LeBlanc dead, though, in the ship? Because I guess we don't know, right? We didn't really say that the radiation was lethal. No. So I guess maybe he's just chilling up there and he warns them maybe about the radiation so they, the other ship stays far enough away. But yeah. they don't get pulled in. Maybe they have a radio, mm-hmm. and they actually can communicate with him. Yeah, I mean, he warns the the, uh, the passing ship about the radiation so that they don't get too close and get sucked in. Yeah. So then how do they get off the planet? Or how do some number of them, I guess, get off the planet? Because it's that kind of movie. Yeah, I think I think it's a thing of, like the like the little ship 
it can get through the radiation, I think. Like the little like mm. rocket got through. Mm-hmm. Maybe they notify the rescue ship that don't bring in your whole ship, send little cruisers out to land on the planet. That's good. Because they won't be affected by the radiation. Because it's like a surface area thing, you know, science. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, it's it's made up radiation. It doesn't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's space science. Um, Maybe also Matt LeBlanc. There is a time limit though of like if it, if a ship stays in the radiation too long, regardless of size. So that, I mean, like, he's like if he's in radiation for like right, but I mean three if the, days, if the ship is die, shielded right? yeah. from the radiation, then he should he could theoretically survive. Yeah. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> yeah. What if he um, he can pilot the ship and he's mm-hmm. chilling out like there and he sees like the cruisers coming in from the big ship to rescue them. Mm-hmm. But he also can see that the mole men are like making their like last stampede up mm-hmm. like as like the thing's crashing. So he does the actual sacrifice thing. After he sees that the cruisers are actually coming in to turns save the them, ship around he t- and... turns the ship around and like runs it like right into their like I don't know mole tank. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> that would the impact of that would also basically shatter the cliff that they're cutting. Yeah, maybe it's once the last little cruiser has picked up the last of the survivors, mm. he turns around and rams them. Yeah, I think they get onto the the rescue ships and then. Um, Christopher is about to get on, but he sees he sees the mole force coming in. And they're like, "We gotta go right now. We gotta go right now." But like, it's taking too long for the rescue ships to take off. Mm-hmm. And then we see Matt LeBlanc like crash the ship into like, like the that. force. And then Lacey Chalbert's like, "Daddy!" And uh, Christopher's like looking, and he's like looking, and he actually sees Matt LeBlanc still in the ship mm-hmm. or something that he survived, but he needs to be rescued like now. So Christopher like runs out and does like a freaking like Hail yeah. Mary save. Like he like maybe hugs his son because mm-hmm. he knows this is the one in a million chance and he get, goes and like gets Matt LeBlanc, carries him to the ship, and then the whole way he's yelling, How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he helps Matt LeBlanc to the ship. I like that. And, and we get a flashback of how he left weekends. There's like explosions and like there's like other there's like other prawns like there that are like mm-hmm. actually maybe they have like laser guns and they're like trying to fight them off as well like this is like a there's somewhat of a battle and they're maybe they're in like actual like metal like army gear and stuff. I like this because it also calls back the ending of the first movie where Vikas is in that like mech suit and he's like, look, I don't think I'm gonna make it to the ship, so you go and I'll hold them off. And yeah. he does, and he leaves Vikas behind. And this is like Matt LeBlanc in a wrecked kind of like mech thing. Yeah. And he's not going to leave him behind. And I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, and so they make their escape. And we see, I think we see like the, the classic scene of just like waves of Molmen overcoming like the sh- the jump ship and the cliff shards and everything, like swarming like ants as they fly away. Yeah. So uh, does everybody get to go home then? I mean, I guess Matt LeBlanc and Lacey. Chaba Daba Ding Dong were gonna would go back to Earth. Yeah, I think maybe we don't necessarily get the wrap up. I don't know if we need the wrap up for everything. Mm-hmm. We know that they're safe and they're not stranded anymore. Maybe the last like scene we see is we like after like they escape and everything mm-hmm. is that we go back to Earth and we see like 
like is in like a field or something just like walking and like looking up at the sky mm-hmm. and there's nothing there then suddenly the ship just like flies in and mm-hmm. it's there and then that's when the credits roll all right well did we do it i think we actually did it i do I, too. like I... it was touch and go there for a while I, it wasn't very funny but i think it was actually like somewhat like spiritually like it, it's it's definitely like a fun space story right like I'm okay with us making movies that aren't just big goofs. Like, we make goofs around the movies. Like, mm-hmm. our whole porn name uh, tangent. Yeah. Like, I'm cool with us making not funny movies as long as... Yeah. Like, we, we, got our, we got our chuckles in. And we also, like... It's like, we kind of, like, have to deal with, like, the hand we're dealt, right? Like, there's oh, not yeah. a lot to work with, like, with District 9 on, like, the goof side of things. It's a very serious movie from yeah. beginning to end. Like, literally, we were handed a, like, and, and I'm not trying to put any, I'm not throwing any shade at Cecilia or anything. Like, the movie that we are trying to sequelize is an apartheid allegory. And, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, are the, where are the jokes there? So, and, and, and like I said, I'm not trying to throw any shade. I it's we've done stranger movies we've done serious movies before so Mm -hmm. but uh i think we did it i really like this movie yeah i like it a lot better than district nine uh what do we call it we always forget planet nine (laughs) lost in space um how you doing the (laughs) district nine colon friends season 10 (laughs) district nine colon how you doing (laughs) No. <laughs> District 9 2 colon Planetfall. District 9 2 colon Molemen in parentheses, but no sex this time. Yeah. District 9 colon. I don't know. We could also just call it District 9 2. We don't need a, a colon subtitle. No, we need a colon. All right. Uh, District 9. I mean, you don't because your butthole's closed shut because you broke That's our true. podcast blood pact. I mean, the colon's still in there. It's just closed. <laughs> That's true. Um, District 9-2, this time it's personal. <laughs> District 9-2, could we be any more stranded? That's Chandler Bing. That's Matthew Perry's character. Yeah, I know. I'm just going for a friend's reference. He's not in this one. All right. D- uh, okay. District 9, District nine. we were on a break. Damn you, I was about to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> District 9-2, smelly cat. Um, there's something that like irks me about doing the, um, even though... Daniel Nod did this, mm-hmm. doing like a number and then a two after it, right? It's so oh, weird. I see what you mean. So if it's going to be. Well, we don't even have to put two. Like the Captain America movies don't say Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. It's like Captain America, Winter Soldier. So this could be District 9, colon. Crash Planet. Um, nice. What's a good, um, what's a good like. District 9, Halo 2, ODST. Yeah. District 9, <laughs> Dead Man's Chest. <laughs> District 9, cheers. District 9, colon. District 9, colon. Rescue. That could work. That That's probably the closest. Let's take like um, a, just a couple more tries. And I just mean like a couple. but like, And if we don't go with anything better, then we're definitely using that. District 9, colon. Homeward Bound. Which kind of is a joke. But also. I like, like I, I mean that with not as in a reference to the Homeward Bound movies. Like we just did a yeah. whole goof session of just picking other movies or shows. I was looking at the colon for Homeward Bound 2. Okay. And it's uh, lost in San Francisco, so I don't think it works. <laughs> Unless we call the planet San Francisco. That's true. All right, let's just do the thing. So do, do you prefer District 9 Rescue or District 9 Homeward Bound? Homeward Bound. All right, District 9 colon Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound.
You gotta leave all those goofs in there, though. No, I will. So, if we did it, then that's the credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. The people can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and all the other places podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers Podcast. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. Uh, our Instagram is the underscore equalizers, where we post uh, the episode art. And I don't even want to begin to think about what this one's going to be. It's probably going to include a lot of prawn uh, like feelers or something. I mean, definitely Matt LeBlanc is going to, and Lacey Schaber probably are going to be on the cover. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. Special thanks on our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. We'd love it if you would review and subscribe. Five stars preferably, but, you know, whatever your heart tells you. Also, you know, maybe just tell a couple friends about us. That would be cool, too. Who's your best friend? Go to lunch with them and talk to them about podcasts. and Just mention ours in that conversation, please. Go to lunch with your best friend. And then tell them that you were just recommending our podcast to somebody that they don't necessarily like. Why aren't they <laughs> recommending that to me? I'll show them. I'll learn everything, all the deep lore about that podcast to prove I'm a true fan and that other guy isn't. Go to lunch with the person you hate the most. And uh, be like, you know what I fucking hate? The Equalizers podcast. And because they hate you too, uh-huh. they'll start listening to that because they, they like the stuff you hate. F- all right. Fly to rome go to the vatican sneak in and find where the pope keeps his sermon papers and write in listen to the equalizers there we go 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 to another lunch have it's a normal lunch same day this is these are all on the same day by the way these are all on the same day it's a normal lunch (laughs) but in the tip section of your waitress (laughs) wait waitress or waiter put the equalizers podcast also a actually generous tip yeah yeah I also leave a tip on the table. Yeah, just don't, leave, don't leave them a generous tip. tip. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, for the equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Freakwolves, why you spit it back? <laughs> to be continued. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you're broke. Love life's DOA It's like you're always stuck in second gear When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year I'll be there for you When the rain starts to pour I'll be